Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Around the World. I'm Andy Parry and today we are going to Finland. So, heia tuva tulua suomen, which is hello and welcome to Finland in Finnish. And <laughs> thanks to Google Translate for that one because, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak Finnish. I know nothing about Finland or or the Finnish or, or, the, or the Finnish people, really. So, yeah, I'm not even sure why I googled science fiction authors from Finland. But I can't, yeah, I can't remember how I came across this book. It was either just googling, I just randomly picked Finland and googled science fiction authors from Finland. Or it was possibly when I was kind of just looking at, you know, you get those lists from publishers and on different science fiction websites that will list, you know, science fiction books you've never heard of and science fiction books from from around the world. It was probably just off one of those. It was more likely to be off one of those lists than randomly picking Finland. Yeah, I've had this book a while, so... Yeah, this wouldn't have been one of my first choices of countries to pick. You know, I've, I've kind of... I've been picking my way through more you know, European countries that I've actually visited before I would have picked on Finland. But yeah, so that's how I came across the book, just off a list, off a random Google search. Yeah, and so yeah, I haven't even told you what book it is yet, have I? It's The Quantum Thief by Hanu Rajiemen. I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce his name. I'll come back. So just re-listen to the beginning of the audio book on Audible. So many thanks to Rupert Degas who read the book and with his pronunciation of the name and it's Hanu Ryanami. No right. Oh god, this is a hard one. Hanu, easy one, that's his first name. Hanu Ryanami. Hanu Ryanami. So, The Quantum Thief by Hanu Ryanami. Yeah, that sounds good. So, uh wow, that was tough work. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you think pronouncing his name is hard, wait till you read the book. This is a tough book to read. It's just, this is hard science fiction. Now I say it's a, a hard book, mainly because it's, it's one of those books where the author doesn't explain to you the technologies or, or the systems that it, it's kind of in. So there's lots of references to... Jevulet, which is kind of uh, a, fire, a personal firewall, a personal, um, you hide your thoughts from other people. And it's never explained what it is. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm struggling to ex describe what it is, because the book never describes what it is. It just, it, you know, you're, oh, well, we, we, I met this girl and we had a, her Jevulet was closed, so... She and that was basically her just saying, "Go away, I don't want to talk to you." And it's you know you can be stood next to someone and not be able to see them because of their jevulet. And, and it was really you know I never quite understood whether it was something physical, whether it was just something that was implanted into your mind. Um, it was really weird. But like old school cameras that you know film non digital cameras could take a picture of somebody, and that was a way of getting around the jevulet. So. That still didn't actually make any sense whether it was... Or, sorry, it didn't make sense. It didn't make it any clearer 
whether it was something physical or something like you know a, a, a thought yeah and 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 never, you never said how you activated it or deactivated it or yeah and and the whole so that it's not just the jevulet that was confusing there's there's lots of things like there's q dots and there's lots of characters that are hard to visualize that, that, that don't give a lot of visual um d descriptions of what people look like there's occasionally like you know you know that one of the characters has wings and a a nuclear um reactor in her thigh and stuff like that so you can pretty much gather that she's half mechanoid or semi mechanoid or entirely mechanoid you don't quite know so that's what kind of makes the book that's what i found harder about the book is just that you just thrown at all these all these ideas are thrown at you without much description and you have to use your own imagination and and things like that and and, and one of the reasons why i found this quite hard was this was my van book so i'm a self-employed gardener so i always have a, a a book in my van for you know if i get rained off or if i'm going to pick up the kids and i'm early or i'm taking the kids swimming or something like that i've always got a book in my van so i can you know read when i've got 10 minutes half an hour here and there so I picked up this book and dropped... So I read this book maybe over five months, six months, something like that, in small, really small sections. You know, I'd, I'd sit there and read it and I wouldn't even finish a chapter. I might only get a few pages in or a few paragraphs. And I don't think that helped because of, you know, the... the, the I think with this book, you'd have to really get absorbed into it and, and try and read it in big chunks. You know, at least a chapter in a sitting. You know, the way I read it was probably not very conducive to this style of book. You know, it's hard science fiction. It's complicated. There's a lot. There's lots of threads going on. The story is is fairly complicated. To, to try and do a synopsis of the book would be fairly tricky, or just a plot. Yeah, like you know, the the plot of the story is quite. It's quite simple, but then there's lots of added added extra complications to it. It's yeah, it's 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 tough. It doesn't say it, it was still enjoyable, and I did enjoy the book, but yeah, it's 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 a tough one. So I guess that kind of gives us the opportunity to talk about the um, the overall theme of the book. So it is a uh, a heist kind of a detective style book so you've got the main you've got Isidore who's the detective and John Le Flambeur who's the thief so he is the quantum thief and it's it's kind of you know the thief has to you know gets sprung from a prison I mean this is chapter one the thief gets sprung from a prison by some wealthy um, supporter of the thief and wants him to go and steal something, or to find something. It is to steal something. But, and then Isidore is employed to track him down and stop, you know, to try and stop the um, theft from actually happening. Um, but yeah, there's lots, it gets complicated. Of course it gets complicated. It's a very complicated book. And I seem to be talking it down a bit too much, but... Yeah, there's some really cool stuff in it. Um, I'm going to read a section of a fight scene, uh, like a, a, a dog fight in space, just to show you 
how complicated it can be. So this this extract is just from this is like page twenty three. So uh, the thief has just been sprung from the prison, and he's met Miel, who's or Mieli, who's uh, sprung him from the prison, and Pahonan, which is the name of the ship. So here we go. She burns all the Delta V in the emergency antimatter in one burst, swinging the ship in the shallow gravity well of two double O six RJ one O three. Pahon's flesh groans in the as the antiprotons from the magnetic storage ring turn her hot jets into plasma. She diverts some of the power to pumping up the binding energies of the programmable matter rods in the hull. The archons follow without effort, approaching firing again. Bahan screams around Mieli, but the autism keeps her mind on the task at hand. She thinks the Q-dot torpedo around the stranglet in Pahoni's tiny weapons bay and fires it at the asteroid. There is a brief flash in the spime's scape gamma rays and exotic byrons then the rocky lump becomes a fountain of light a lightning flash that does not end the scape struggles to keep up turns into white noise and goes down flying blind Mieli spreads Pahoni's wings again the particle wind from the strange death of the asteroid grabs them and hurls them towards the highway the acceleration makes her heavy suddenly the sapphire structure of the ship sings around her it takes a moment for the scape to come back up to filter out the particle noise of the madness Mieli holds her breath but no black fang-like ships emerge from the slowly expanding incandescence behind them. Either they were consumed or lost track of their tar target in the subatomic madness. She lifts the autism to let herself feel a moment of triumph. So that's a good example of how, you know, there's just stuff in the book that doesn't get explained and you've just got to kind of roll with it and go with it. And, I mean, I don't want books to explain everything to me, but this is at the other end of the scale. But there are lots of nice touches in the book. There's some really cool characters. There's some really cool bits of technology um, and ideas that I did really enjoy. Um, now, I don't want to like really kind of beat the book down um, because this is just my personal experience with the book and the way I read it. I mean, I did listen to the audiobook, audiobook in preparation to for this podcast um so you know i just kind of smashed through that in a few days um whilst working so that was quite cool and that just kind of you know brought a lot of it together so i think the audio book is probably a much easier way to consume this book one because you can get it done quicker and in bigger chunks so that so the technology side of things is just that little bit easier to to kind of absorb so yeah, so reading, so listening to the audiobook was a, was a great was great, um, and you can obviously you can replay bits of it and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm really glad I did the audiobook as well. Um, now normally I start with the highlights and then move on to the lowlights, but I'm going to swap that around and start with the lowlights because I feel like I'm being quite negative towards this book. Um, so we'll do the lowlights and then go on to the highlights. So lowlights were just the bombardment of technology and and plot lines and i found the plot quite hard to follow um i did go and read a couple of like glossaries after i'd listened to the audiobook so i could kind of find out who was who and what was what um the only problem with that those glossaries were that it covers the three i think there's three books in this series so this book ends you don't need to, it's not like you have to go off and read the 
I think it's The Factorial Prince is the next book. So I think there's two other books that are about John Le Flambeur. Um Yeah, so, th so that was one thing. There's a lot there's a lot happening and it's hard to keep up. Um and one of the odd things that kind of distracted me from the book was yeah, well there's it was the so lack of descriptions. I've no idea what colour hair John Le Flambeau has and things like that, which isn't necessarily needed. But one thing that did stick out was that I think three or four times you meet a non-white person on an alien walking city on Mars. And for some reason, the author seemed the need to point out that that they were black or that they were Chinese. And at no other point does it say that this person was white or this person was, you know, a green-screened, green-skinned alien from Venus or anything like that. Um, and that kind of stuck out. And and the colour of their skin was not important to the um, the plot at all. I'm not sure if this is me being overly liberal but it did stick out to me and distracted me from the book and it was just like okay why have you just described that that waiter as black you know you've not described anything in the book you've not described you know real fundamental things like what is a q dot what is jevulet what are i can't remember other things in the book um, you know, what is an Archim? What does it look like? What is a what does a Gogol look like? There's all these terms and you don't you have no idea and they're not described even slightly. But then a waiter who happens to be black, you describe them as black. And then there was a Chinese journalist. And this this is not the fault of the well, hopefully not the fault of the author, but somebody who the, the voice actor, I think I didn't name him before, Degas, um, just put on the, the like the worst Chinese accent you can imagine. Uh, you know, like summit from like a seventies pantomime, um, and it was just like, oh god, this is meant to be. This is like this book is set so far in the future that. You know, I hope the Chinese language <laughs> or a Chinese or Chinese people speaking English don't have that accent, or maybe that maybe that was just a, a vision of the future by by the narrator or the director that uh, was in charge of the audio book. But yeah, that kind of stuck out, and that was a that just didn't seem right, and just felt icky, and yeah, didn't like that. And it, and it 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 distracted me from the book. It was just like, oh, why have you done that? Hey, oh, and then you that the first time you you gloss over it, and then the second time it happens, you're like, oh, all right. And it's a different character. It's not like it's the same waiter or the same. You know, it just happens to be another person that is black gets mentioned. It's like, really, come on, let's not do that anymore. Okay, I'll, I'll finish the high, uh, low lights there. Yeah, just complicated and just just smatterings of potential rape. Not racism. No, I'm not gonna. That's 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 not right. I'm not gonna accuse someone of being racist. Just didn't understand it. Didn't know why, and I didn't think it was needed in a book that explains nothing. 
but anyway I'm repeating myself again and again and again and again and again so let's move on to highlights so one of my one of the really one of my favorite chapters in the book um maybe a chapter or two was about a chocolatier that got murdered and how Isidore uh, solved that little mystery and that was just a little and aside task or it kind of introduced Isidore as this this great detective and even even the book uh, says that it um, draws inspiration from Lucien which is a French um, detective series similar to Sherlock Holmes um, there's a really good I think it's a Netflix or Amazon Prime series about Lucien and that was really good. Yeah, really enjoyed that. A French um, detective series. Really, you know, really cool. It's like, it's. I think it's quite young. I think it's probably not that similar. It's similar to Sherlock Holmes in that, you know, it's really clever uh, detective. But it's aimed, I think Lucien is, is more aimed at younger children. Uh, not younger children, young adults, let's say. But yeah, so... Yeah, so so that that chapter was really cool, and to have like a, a chocolate dress that you can wear was just a really nice thing, and yeah, that was just really cool ideas. Um, and then the other the, one of the other really cool things in the book is the silence, not silence with a C, but silence with a T. <laughs> so I, yeah, so the silence are. So on Oubliette, where this is set in this city, everything is paid for with time. Um, and when you run out of time, the only way to get more time is to donate your Gogol, which is basically your personality, to the silence. And basically you put your mind and your personality into a, into a machine that helps maintain the city. So you're you're doing some sort of like, um, civil projects for Oubliette, which I thought was really quite cool. And, you know, whatever time you spend in the silence, you get back in time and your Gogol can be put into a into another body, into or the same body. I think they resurrect your body. Again, I don't know. It was quite complicated. But that was just a nice thing, this kind of idea of time being currency, which I think is similar to a film I've seen with Justin Timberlake in it. Was it Justin Timberlake? Could have been Justin Timberlake in it. But yeah, that was a odd film. Um so yeah that was really cool. And it, yeah and there's just really there are good fight scenes, there's good action bits in it and some of the ideas are just good. Some of them I didn't understand as I've said. But yeah, I did enjoy this book. Would I recommend this book to other people? I would only recommend this book to science fiction fans. Like, I wouldn't, like, ask my wife to, like, oh, you know, some books that I've read, like things like Project Hail Mary, really good science fiction book. I'll recommend that to my other half and go, read this, it's a really good book. Whereas The Quantum Thief, I think you've got to be a pretty big science fiction fan to even get past page one. So yeah, I mean, if you're into science fiction, then yeah, definitely this is a, you know, it's it, it's full of really cool ideas. Um, it's maybe not one, you know, if somebody likes kind of being, not being, not having stuff explained to them, <laughs> then yes, they will really enjoy this book. 
Um, and it does get rave reviews. Kind of, I went on uh, some of the review pages, and it is, you know, it is quite divisive. This book, like, some people absolutely love it, and other people are probably more like me and just go, "Huh, what? I don't really know. I'm gonna have to read that again, but I don't want to read it again." I, I think this book genuinely you'd enjoy it if you read it two or three times, but I don't want to read it two or three times. And I probably won't read the rest of the series. Maybe I'll listen to them. I might, you know, if, if I get the audio, if they come like around on Audible or any other audio, audio book places quite cheap, I'd probably get them. If it was like a pound or two, I'd probably get the um, the sequels to uh, The Quantum Thief. Um. So yeah, and this was his debut. I mean, this is his debut book, which I think is just that is quite cool. That it has got a lot of traction and has got a lot of quite high, you know, high praise from people from like the Guardian, uh, the Times, Charles Stross. Um, they've all reviewed it, so it has got a lot of traction. Um, and for a debut novel to be that brave to throw out all these mental ideas with no explanation and such a really hard science fiction book, then, yeah, good work. All credit to you. So I think that kind of finishes um, where I'm at with the book. Um, it's been quite a short podcast, this one, um, mainly because overall I didn't enjoy the book that much and... Not to say that it's a bad book, that's for you to decide, not me, but it's not my style of book, and it definitely didn't fit in the way I read it, you know, it being my van book for for six months. Um, so yeah, I think that, that combination of reading it in very short chunks and it being a complicated book um, made the overall experience not a great one for me. As for, you know, you know the project of me trying to understand more uh from cultures and how culture and heritage changes science fiction and, and inspires the science fiction I, I don't think this book gives me any more of an idea of of finland you know you couldn't pick up this book and go oh yeah this is a, a finnish book there's no there's no references to finland or finnish culture that i could spot so yeah it doesn't tick a box um on, on that for me at all but I'm glad I would never have I probably wouldn't have actually I probably would have picked up this book because it's got a really you know like the cover is quite cool um, the, the title is cool and I think on the yeah on the front cover it has a, has a quote from Charles Strauss how much he enjoyed it in fact the, the quote from Charles Strauss is hard to admit but I think he's better at this stuff than I am <laughs> which is yeah, really cool praise from Charles Truss. And it won sci-fi... Oh, no, it was just this... It just says the sci-fi debut of the year, or the SF debut of the year. But, you know, he could have written that himself. Or the public could have just written that. Yeah, it might have been... Yeah, the publisher might have thought that. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's a challenging read, but if you like challenging books, then, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to um, have a bad time reading this book. If you like more light-hearted books, then this one probably isn't for you.
but yeah, why don't you just decide for yourself? <laughs> That's, uh, I'm not going to tell you what to read. This is this is how I feel about the book. Um, so yeah, I think. Am I glad I found this book? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'd have seen this in a charity shop, I may have picked it up and added it to the collection, and it'd have been further down the pile. But the fact that it was by a Finnish author. Um, has forced me to read it for this project, so I am glad I've read it. Regardless, like I don't think even books I don't enjoy, I I'm still glad that I've read them because they've made me think and they've opened my mind up to new ideas and new things. And if this is going to be, this is probably one of the hardest books I've read, and if that's the science fiction books. I guess I've read, and so that's that's a good thing. You know, it's it's a benchmark now. You know, if I can get through this, um, then I can get through anything. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad I've read it. Um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, if I like, I said earlier that if if the audio books come round on 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 offer or something like that, then yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I'd quite happily have them on in the background while I'm mowing lawns and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I I would I'll I'll keep it. I'll follow him on Audible. I'll I'll follow the author on Audible. And you know, uh, maybe I'll tell you what if they come up in the, in the in my uh on the Libby app, which is my local library's app and I can rent them. I I definitely do that. Yeah. Just to see uh, see what happens to love from there. And I just like the name Le Flambert. John Le, Le Flambert. What a great name. So there's me <laughs> moaning about terrible Chinese accents. And there's me doing the worst French accent possible. So apologies. If anyone's listening from France, I apologise. If anyone's listening from Finland, I'm going to apologise for the way I pronounced Hanu's surname. Um, and if Hanu's listening... I apologise for your... Uh, <laughs> no, I don't apologise for you. I apologise um, for the way I've pronounced your name. Um, am I going to have another go at it? I'm going to have to look up how I wrote it down. So yeah, that was The Quantum Thief by Hanu Rayuami. Ah, God, that's so hard. Ranuyami. Rayuyami. Hanu Rayuyami. The Quantum Thief by Hanu Rayuami. Brilliant. So this has been Sci-Fi Around the World with Andy Perry. Uh, the music was by my mate Daz what I probably should do is record this bit with the music underneath so I don't have to do this at the end of every podcast cheers, bye